Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The 15-man roster is official for the Grizzlies. We'll talk about it. Injury updates as well in a preseason evaluation of the bigs with Wednesday's opener getting closer and closer. You are Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, welcome into the October 25th 2016 edition of Locked On Grizzlies right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Peter Edmiston, your party host. Happy to be with you whenever you are listening to this. Thank you for downloading it. Thanks for being a part of the uh, the, the family. I like to call you guys family. If you're listening to me and you're having fun with this thing, then you're part of my family, and I really appreciate that. So thanks for hopping aboard. Got a busy show for you today. Got some uh, good sound coming your way, some exclusive Audio from uh, Marcus Saul, from Tony Allen, uh, David Fisdale as well. As uh, we are getting ever closer, just hours away now, uh, about like 30, well, as I record this, about 36 or 40 hours away, somewhere in that neighborhood. Whenever you listen to it, maybe a little bit different. But uh, the opener on Wednesday is getting very, very close indeed. Thank God we are finally ready for NBA basketball. And the season does begin today. Uh, for the record, uh, later on tonight in Cleveland, the banners will be raised, the rings will be handed out and all that. So I, I, I'm i really glad we're getting some legitimate, actual NBA basketball uh, to talk about. Now, uh, the 15-man roster is set for the Grizzlies, and uh, as we have discussed, there is no Jordan Adams on it. He was waived by the team, along with uh, Matt Costello, the very short-lived Grizz, although Compared to Kellen Dunham, he was a relative veteran, um, but he will be assigned to the Iowa Energy. Jordan Adams will not be. Uh, he is still recuperating from his injury, but that means Troy Williams has indeed officially made the 15-man roster. And uh, on this occasion, we talked about Troy and, and the story, great story for him and, and a tremendous job of overcoming a lot of the odds. But I, I want to focus now as he's kind of, it's since it's done, on Jordan Adams just for a moment and to look back at another busted draft pick from the Grizzlies. There have been so many over the years and you can throw Jordan right on that pile, unfortunately. But how much of what happened to Jordan Adams was his fault and how much of it was just circumstance that was beyond his control? Uh, it's for that reason that I really feel sorry for, for the for the guy because... You know, number one, when he was drafted, you know, he, he didn't realize and he had no control over what would happen after he was selected in the draft and, and Rodney Hood being right there. That was an albatross around his neck, in particular because Dave Yeager, I, I think, had such a disconnect with the organization with regard to that pick and how it went down that. Yeah, I, I don't know that he took it out on Jordan Adams, but I just don't know that Jordan Adams ever had his full backing. And you could see that in his rookie season. 
this organization and, and that coaching staff chose to prioritize guys like Nick Calathis in particular over Jordan Adams. And where's Nick Calathis? Nick's a good dude, but where's Nick Calathis? You know, I, I don't know that any of this would have changed the trajectory of Jordan Adams because, you know, maybe the knee injury happens and he's out of the league or he's hurt or whatever, no matter what. But there were signs, there were promising signs, you know, not only in the way that he played in college, in the summer league, in D-league spurts that were intermittent throughout that rookie year. All those things really spoke to a guy that had potential, but he was going to make mistakes. He ended up playing a grand total in his Grizzly career of 273 minutes. That's it. 273 minutes. And if you look game by game, and I went back and looked today, his rookie year, it was such a sporadic situation. He'd go down to Iowa, he'd come back, he'd play a few games here and there. There was one game against Utah that the coaching staff used, I think, to really hammer home their irritation with him because he really struggled defensively. But he's a rookie. That's going to happen. Uh, th- those things are, are going to happen when you have rookies, but you have to develop players. And that's why this team has struggled so long to develop players because there's just no tolerance for making mistakes. I always you know, compare him to Rodney Hood because everyone else does, but Rodney Hood had a full three months of his first year where he was not good at all. He was shooting well under 40% from the field. Looked lost out there, but he was doing it for a Utah team at that time that had no playoff aspirations. It was a long way from from that kind of contention, and they were just out there developing talent, being young. You know, Gordon Hayward and, and Rudy Gobert and all those guys. You know, they they were just kind of getting their 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 feet wet. So they had opportunities to make lots of mistakes, and they did. And that's how guys develop. And it's relevant this year for the Grizzlies, especially because you're going to have to see a lot of you know Wade Baldwin and Andrew Harrison and potentially Deontay Davis and. You know, other rookies, Troy Williams, you know, he, he's now part of that mix. Those guys are going to make mistakes. Rookies do all the time, even the best rookies do. Even Carl Anthony Towns, you know, they, they, they make mistakes, but you have to let them keep playing through it. Jordan Adams never got that chance. You know, when he showed himself, he showed himself to be capable of making shots, making plays, doing what had to be done. Uh, he, he just never got an opportunity. And so when he was maybe going to get that opportunity, he got hurt and his knees never recovered. You know, did he get the best medical help? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, the, the Grizzlies seem to have real trouble identifying that injury and, and getting it taken care of. But again, that could just be bad luck and, and misfortune on his part. You, you, you really can't say. Um, but what you can say is he's a, he's a good guy and I, I really wish him well. And it's a shame that it's turned out this way for him. I hope he can catch on somewhere next year as a free agent and and scrap his way it's going to be harder man it's going to be harder for him to him to make the league but you know stranger things have happened and what a great story it would be uh, even if it's not with the grizzlies if, if jordan adams can come back and do something because uh he's he's really been in so many ways a victim okay we've had to do this a lot Might as well start it for the first time going into the regular season here on Locked on Grizzlies. Injury news. I really need to get like a cool sounder for that or something. I wanted that to be more dramatic. Injury news. 
Maybe I'll throw some reverb on that. Injury news. Injury news. Hey, there we go. Let me give you what I know. So here's where we're at. I know that the Grizzlies are going to release something later on today. One of the now patented Grind City Media injury updates with lots of information and quotes from guys that will be coming later on today. Uh, What I was told is that it will include the following Chandler Parsons, Jarrell Martin, Brandon Wright, Troy Daniels, possibly Tony Allen. Troy Daniels is an interesting inclusion on there. I don't know what is the official situation with him, uh, I, I, you never hope for an injury, but at least something to help explain his god-awful preseason would be nice. So that is something to kind of keep an eye on. Brandon Wright will not play on Wednesday, and uh, don't know what the extent of his injury is. Uh, it's been sort of nebulous throughout preseason. Hopefully a little more clarity would be nice. Jarrell Martin, same thing. Um, I, I think he's closer. I was told, you know, two weeks ago that, that, that they weren't really concerned uh, team-wise about either one of those guys, but we have not seen anything from them in, in preseason, so uh, that's always a concern. Chandler Parsons has been back in practice, still not cleared, though, uh, and will not play Wednesday, and probably you're looking at another week or so at least for Chandler Parsons, and, and then he'll kind of work his way back into the mix but there does appear to be some light at the end of the tunnel. Now, as far as Tony Allen goes, I happened to run into Tony as he was uh, walking out of the tip-off luncheon, and I'll talk more about the tip-off luncheon later on. Uh, it was a really tremendous event. But as Tony was walking out, I had a chance to uh, to grab him just for a second, and uh, I asked him, uh, well, I really, th- the only question that I think you guys want to know right now about uh, what's going on with Tony. Wednesday, are you good to go? What do you think? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't feel good right now, but we give it a C game time to see. He had a little trouble with the stairs on the stage at the tip-off luncheon. As he walked with me, there was a little bit of a uh, hitch in the giddy-up, but that's Tony. Um, you know, I, I would still, if you asked me to put money on it, I would still say that he would play uh, on Wednesday in the opener, but you know that's that's really a guess. He has participated in practices, um, so that's good. And I don't know whether he's going to be included on the on the injury report or not. He is still he's not 100. percent But Tony does like to put on a show, and it would be classic Tony Allen to come out injured and uh, and then really you know thrill the crowd. That's something that I think he'd have a lot of fun with. Uh, I also had a chance to uh, talk to Marcus All. He said he's full go for uh for Wednesday but I asked David Fisdale about minutes restrictions for Mark and and what will happen there not only on Wednesday but uh, throughout the rest of the year and his answer was pretty interesting I think we're going to still have to be very mindful of how many minutes we play them we can't just turn them loose yet uh so I have to manage those and, and make sure that I'm playing them at the right times where I can utilize them throughout the game uh, and that's going to be something that goes on for a while throughout the season. But, you know, that's the circumstances that we have to deal with, and, and it'll make us better. Someone else has to step up and, and play at a high level. Now, to me, that's reassuring to hear that kind of talk from David Fisdale with an acknowledgement that they're going to have to continue to monitor minutes and keep Mark fresh. It's going to be a thing that Fisdale 
the trainers, uh, everyone's going to have to be part of because Mark, his, his inclination is always to play. He's played through everything, and we saw even in the preseason, he played through stiffness, uh, even though the risk of re-injury, according to all the trainers, wasn't there. It's just always him. He just wants to play through everything. So they have to be very, very mindful of him, and they're going to have to be very smart about it. I like that answer. I think that's important. They're going to have to do that. He's going to have to take some games off whether he wants to or not. It's just part of the gig. Just a word real fast on the tip-off luncheon itself that was held down at FedEx Forum on Monday afternoon. Another example of how the organization really has a first-class approach when it comes to charity work, when it comes to dealing with St. Jude in particular, there is such a soft spot going all the way back to the days of the very first Grizzlies house. Um, and you can, I can still remember the murals of Powell and Lorenzen Wright and all those guys, uh, Shane Battier down there all the time. There, there's been such a connection between the team and the players and the hospital and those kids. And you know, Rick Shadiak, who is uh, the CEO, who runs St. Jude and Alsac over there. Um, he talked a lot about what it means for those kids to see those players and for players to go over there and brighten up the day of a cancer patient and and, and, and the child that's going through one of the most horrendous things you can go through in a family that is dealing with a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. It can mean the world to them. And and so I, I give major credit to the Grizzlies organization for all that they continue to do for the players who are always going over there and going out of their way. And in, in particular, uh, the core four who have done it for forever, uh, you know, Mark and Mike and Zach and Tony, those guys uh, have, have been huge, huge, huge proponents of St. Jude and have been over to the hospital so often. Uh, it is a, it is an incredible mission. It's an incredible thing that the hospital does. It's an incredible thing to support. I would uh, urge any of you to do what they were doing over at the tip-off luncheon. And I would urge you to do the same thing. Put your money right where your mouth is. Go to stjude.org and and donate. It requires so much cash to keep the the hospital running and uh, to do everything they do. And once a patient is accepted in for treatment, then they don't pay for anything. Housing, all that stuff, then not a a dime. It all all comes from the hospital. So, and that's where they all, they need you. They need need you and, and me and everyone else to be supporters of that. I thought to uh, ask Mark specifically about that because his family has a connection with St. Jude and has had for some time, Powell, Mark, his parents, uh, there, there's just a real deep bond with them and, and St. Jude. And he started off by telling me something about his dad that, uh, that I didn't know. My dad was a volunteer for St. Jude. Um, and uh, he traveled to South America and, 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 and helped St. Jude at, uh, in many ways. So, for us, this is this is what it's about. I mean, the the power of uh, you know, not giving back, but more, you know, using all your tools and everything that you have to help somebody else, um, without expecting anything back. I think that's the key of, of service of, of giving, and that's that's it. That when you help somebody because you don't expect anything back, you just do it because you feel that's the right thing to do and that's what you're supposed to do. Um, so. You know, I think that's that's in that sense. I think that's our 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 role now is to pass it on to the next next generations um, of players. Um, you know, the, how we were brought up and and what we built. 
they have to respect that and keep building it up. It's not like, okay, this is going to stay right here. No, we got to keep, keep on the line of progression and uh, keep moving up. In the answer like that, you can see why Mark is the solo team captain this year, talking about progression and moving up. And I asked him about that later on in the, in, in the interview. You'll hear more of that sound probably tomorrow on the podcast, but I asked him about how that answer kind of related to some of the uh, the team and the young players on the team from a basketball perspective. He talked about from the work they're doing at St. Jude, but it also applies to the basketball perspective as well. He gave a very interesting answer there. You'll hear that tomorrow as we get set for game number one of the regular season. I did have a, a quick question that came from Twitter I wanted to get to as well. Please feel free to um, to, to fire off a question to me at Peter Edmiston on Twitter. Uh, Eric Weirich uh, at Grizz Cards Fan wants to know, uh, do any of the waived players out there, would, would they bring enough interest for the Grizzlies to consider buying out Vince Carter and bringing uh, them in on a minimum or bringing them in as a waiver wire pickup? Uh, Eric, thank you for the question. I would, I would say that the answer at this point would be no. The idea of you know, Vince Carter's contract is an interesting one, and the fact that he could be waived uh, or released, it's only partially guaranteed. That partial guaranteed date is later on in the calendar, so it's right around the turn of the year. So even if the Grizzlies were to waive Vince later on, they would still receive the same level of, of savings with regard to his contract. Um, you know, Vince still has value right now. He's still going to be part of the rotation. He's still going to have value right at the beginning of the year. My my guess would be that if they were to waive Vince, it would be to open up a roster spot for Mario Chalmers down the line or someone really solid. I don't think that any they don't need any more rookies. They don't need the the guys that were waived were interesting. You know, RJ Hunter, a guy that was waived by the Celtics. A lot of Grizzly fans wanted him badly, thought he would be a savior for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, Archie Goodwin, really a shock that the Suns decided to waive the former Kentucky product. And I'm sure some team will pick him up off waivers, but that team is not going to be the Grizzlies. Again, if you look at their wings, they just don't need uh, that that spot. Now, you could make a, a, a very interesting argument that maybe Troy Daniels should not have been signed. Now, that that would be interesting if to, to allow you to leave that spot open and maybe you know, give yourself the flexibility to go after one of these guys that you think might be end up being better. I don't know. I mean, right now, Troy Daniels is certainly a much more proven commodity than R.J. Hunter and is, I mean, probably has done more or is a little more solid in his role of a shooter, certainly than Archie Goodwin. Archie Goodwin is not a shooter. He's a very explosive guy, but uh, he's not a shooter by any stretch of the imagination. You can at least see what Troy Daniels' role would be. You couldn't necessarily see their role. But that's an argument you could make, especially given Troy's uniformly awful preseason thanks again for the question again if you have one please send it to me at peter edmiston i will try to answer as many as i can when i get the opportunity today in grizzlies history october 25th 2012 four years ago today robert para was approved by the NBA's Board of Governors. His bid was accepted. He became the controlling owner of the Memphis Grizzlies. What say you? How has the four years 
been for you? That's a subject for a uh, entirely different podcast and much longer than I've got time for today. But suffice to say, there have been a lot of promises and some of them have been kept and some of them not as much. Uh, I would say there's no question that Robert Perra is spending money as evidenced by the contracts that were given out this offseason. Chandler Parsons, Mike Conley, Marcus Saul last offseason. He is paying and uh, when the Grizzlies have set their sights on somebody to bring back, they have brought them back at a uh, at a at a big time price. The Grizzlies are, you know, a, a huge payroll team, and in fact, their big three is uh, the highest paid quote unquote big three in the NBA this year. That would be Mark, Mike, and Chandler. They have the highest payroll of any big three. So you take the top three highest paid players on any team. The Grizzlies have the highest. That is uh, remarkable. I never thought we would see that day. But Robert Perra has not been as transparent as he said he would be, as I would expect that he should be at this point. Uh, There have been problems behind the scenes, most notably with Jason Levian, who is now gone. He is part of the group, Steve Kaplan, as well, running Swansea City a English Premier League team, although Steve Kaplan is still involved with the Grizzlies uh, as well in, uh, in that interesting stock deal that, that was publicized a, a few months back to much ballyhoo by some of the, the folks over at ESPN. Uh, the Wi-Fi at FedEx Forum still is not ideal. Uh, that, despite Robert Barra's company and much promising that has still not come to fruition. Uh, what do you think? Uh, let me know. Add Peter Edmiston, your thoughts about the four years. It has been four years. Amazing. Since Robert Perez's bid to become controlling owner of the Memphis Grizzlies was approved by the NBA's Board of Governors. October 25th, 2012. Today in Grizzlies History. All right, final thing on the pod today, part two of the preseason evaluations. Today it will be the bigs. We did the wings and uh, point guards yesterday. Today it's going to be the bigs. We start with Mark Gasol, who earns, in my mind, a solid B+. First of all, just having him back out there and playing is tremendous. Huge boost. Uh, He played 19 minutes a game for all six preseason games in spite of the scare that he had in Houston. He still played in Minnesota. He is still, by his his account, a full go for the game on Wednesday night. So that is all positive. The the thing that would be a little bit negative about Mark is the shooting. He shot 38% from the field in the preseason. That puts him squarely... Tenth uh, on the squad, and he actually ended up shooting better from three than he did from two. He shot forty percent from three. Uh, he shot his customary excellent percentage from the free throw line, ninety three percent, ten and a half points per game, three assists in nineteen minutes shows that the, the playmaking ability that he still got in the ball movement in David Fisdale's offense. Um, but you know, they're legitimate concerns. Uh, still about Mark on the inside as well. I mean, if you look at his shot chart, he did not take very many paint shots at all and did not shoot them very well. 
uh, got roasted defensively in that final preseason game by Carl Anthony Towns. Now that could be just a mobility thing with Mark. You know, he was he was still dealing with that the the foot thing and the ankle thing or whatever. That was the aftermath of that. I don't know. The effort level was super high for the team in that game, but obviously considering the matchup with Carl Anthony Towns uh, coming up tomorrow, that is certainly relevant. Uh, but overall, uh, I would say Marcus Gasol, just in terms of coming back and what he showed on the positive side, I think definitely a B plus. Zebo complicated. The bench thing was an overriding factor and a very big one. It was the thing that dominated so much discussion about Zach Randolph in the preseason. I would give Zach overall a B-. Uh, part of the pros on that would be that he really did handle the bench thing well, at least for now. Uh, there's been no issue there. Uh, yeah, How long will he be able to deal with that? Time will tell, but so far so good. He has scored in volume. That is something that, that he can he can still do. And he showed some range from, from outside the arc. Uh, those are all positives. And he did grab six rebounds in 18 minutes on average per game. So that's all good. But there were some downsides, too, to Zach. And it's pretty notable ones. First of all, the experiment for him shooting threes, not quite as straightforward as the one with Mark. Zach dipped down under the 30 point or 30 percent mark from three, 29.4 for the preseason. Then on top of that, he shot 54 percent from the foul line, uh, which is a concern for a guy that normally is a pretty good free throw shooter and pretty good shooter in general. That's not what you want to see. Could be a blip. I mean, a lot of the stuff, it's preseason. It's ultimately six games that don't matter. So all this stuff has the potential to be a blip, but it, it, it does it is reflective, and it's the only information we have on this uh, David Fisdale offense. Anyway, uh, turnovers also were pretty high for Zach, two and a half almost per game, the highest total of anybody on the team. That is not what you want to see from a big. Um, and Zach also committed quite a few fouls. In the in the preseason as well, uh, as he, but but some of that I think you could chalk up to Zach's effort level. His effort level in preseason was definitely variable, I would say. So some of that is is, is effort level. I, you know Zach's a gamer. You know Zach's a pro, so you don't get too wrapped up in all that. Still, I have to give him a B minus uh, if I'm just evaluating preseason. Jermichael Green gets an A minus for me. I don't know that there's too much else he could do. the The reason he didn't get a full on A was he's still dealing with foul problems. Uh, averaging almost three and a half fouls per game. That is uh, something that's going to keep him from playing the total number of minutes that he would probably like to play. But everything else is pretty darn good. Uh, you know, he shot uh, 33% from three, but well, that could be better. Uh, and it was weird because his threes came above the break, the non-corner threes. He didn't shoot corner threes very well, and that's something that, that he certainly can do, just didn't do it very well in, in preseason. But he did make some threes despite struggling from there. He'll shoot, he shot 54% from the field, 79% from the line. That's really good. Uh, grabbed a bunch of offensive rebounds, was really active on the glass, uh, cut down on the turnovers. He moved the ball well, was part of the offense, was part of the flow, Helped it to increase the spacing. Showed what he can do 
and showed that he's got uh, the possibility to be, you know, he's not Draymond Green, but he showed some versatility, and he did a lot of different things out there defensively that you like. He's got to quit fouling, said that, but you can switch him. You can use him very actively on pick-and-roll defense in a way that you can't necessarily do with, with Zach Randolph. I think he justified the move. His play justified that move and showed why David Fisdale uh, told me, he said the the fact that, that, that we had Jamichael made the decision to bench Zach an awful lot easier. I think that's uh, that's certainly true. Now, the rest of the bigs all get incompletes because we just don't know. Brandon Wright didn't do much. A couple games, uh, he looked pretty good in those games, uh, statistically at least, but we just don't know. There's not much to go on from, from him, and, and so you have to give him an incomplete. Same thing with Jarrell Martin, who showed some flashes, got to the foul line a bunch in the one game that he played, although he committed tons of fouls. Fouled out in, in 20 minutes. Six fouls in 20 minutes in that one game. But, again, it's just one game. We'll find out more about his injury later on today. Deontay Davis, the same thing. It was nice to see him back in the final game against uh, Minnesota, but it was just one game. Long way to go. No idea what he's going to look like or even if he's going to get a chance to play in the uh, in the regular season. But he did at least have a couple blocks and – was certainly active, showed when he hit the offensive glass, when he protected the rim, showed those things that he can do that I think make him unique among bigs on this roster. And I think as long as he keeps his feet on the ground and he keeps working hard, I think he'll find his way into the rotation for those reasons. Thank you once again for joining me here on Locked on Grizzlies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter at Peter Edmiston. Check me out every morning, 7 to 10. Wolo and Peter in the morning, Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 87.7 FM. Read me in the commercial appeal in the numbers game each and every week. And, of course, please subscribe and review. I would love it and really appreciate it if you would do that. Until next time, thank you so much. You have been Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Game time to see